mornings, I'm Chris Oaks, and coming up today, kids and technology. How to strike the best balance in this love-hate relationship and leverage digital tools to raise well-adjusted children. Also this morning, with June being National Safety Month, the National Safety Council has some important reminders about the many things that can make your summer memorable for all the wrong reasons. Gearing up for the 4th of July with everything you need for celebrations with family and friends. And Summer Read continues along with lots of other July programs and activities at the Findlay Hancock County Public Library. We'll tell you what's happening. This is the Good Mornings Podcast Edition for Wednesday, June 28, 2023. Really hazy, foggy uh, this morning. I can't tell how much of it is actually the Canadian wildfire smoke back again and how much is just uh, all of the humidity in the air this early in the morning. It's probably a combination of both, but it's going to be very hazy today. Yesterday was uh, like that. And, um, you know, at one point I stepped outside and I thought, Somebody in the neighborhood was either had the charcoal grill going or maybe had a backyard uh, campfire or something. And and uh, then I remembered, oh, no, it's the smoke. It's Canada, uh, Canada is still on fire. Um, you would think the whole country would have burned by now. Um, but uh, I don't mean to joke about that. It's very serious. And uh, they say the uh, air quality could be uh, very uh nasty today so if you are sensitive to that sort of thing be mindful of that very very much uh in the forecast over the next uh, 24 hours or so until the winds shift and that's the that's the other to the the front shifts uh the winds there's really not any wind to kind of clear the skies so that's contributing to it as well so going to be one of the things we talk about today uh some of the most interesting and buzzworthy stories of the day so ryan seacrest is going to be the uh new uh host of uh, wheel of fortune and uh that kind of speaks to this certainly ryan seacrest has uh, no problems with capitalizing on his 15 minutes of fame i mean you know all of a sudden when american idol uh debuted what well, now almost 20 years ago Nobody heard of Ryan Seacrest. Nobody knew who this guy was. Now he's everywhere. He has certainly milked his 15 minutes of fame. How far would you go for uh, you know for your 15 minutes of fame to be a celebrity? A new survey, and this was done in Great Britain, but I think it would probably hold true universally because human nature is what it is. But this survey of British adults found that younger generations. Uh, are willing to do just about anything for fame. 74% of millennials say they would commit unusual acts for for attention. What does that mean? Well, in the case of uh, Gen Zers, 14% would be willing to make an uh, intimate video and make it public. Yeah, sex tape. Uh, one in five people would go on reality TV for their moment in the spotlight. One in seven would date a celebrity or even marry into the royal family. No, thank you. We've seen how well that works out. Um, while we are celebrating some of the more unsuspecting people who earned their fame through chance, it is really interesting to see the deliberate and scandalous acts that people willing to do for celebrity status. Uh, say the, uh purveyors of this uh, of this survey 
74% of millennials said that they would do something unusual, maybe even unsafe, uh, for that kind of attention. I don't know. That's, that's weird. Uh, let's see. Big news yesterday. The Supreme Court ruled that uh, state legislatures do not have unfettered authority to uh, manage state and, and federal elections. They are uh, subject to the standard oversight of any other activity of state legislatures. That was one of the cases before the Supreme Court that had yet to be decided. Um, there are still a couple of major decisions to be released this term. The high court did not hand down rulings on cases involving affirmative action and President Biden's student loan relief plan yesterday. Uh, a couple of cases are set to determine if colleges can use race in their admission decisions. And a couple of cases revolve around President Biden's uh, plan to move forward with his uh, student loan debt relief program. The uh, Supreme Court has seven cases left to decide this term. The next batch of decisions to be announced on Thursday morning. So watching that very closely. Um, LSU won the college baseball, uh, college uh, baseball world series on Monday, uh, rebounding from that 24 to four shellacking at the hands of the Florida Gators on Sunday, uh, to win by an almost equally lopsided margin on Monday and capturing the world series baseball title. But what you may not have heard was that LSU also won the Jello Shot Challenge. <laughs> yes, that's right. Fans who bought $5 Jello Shots from Rocco's Pizza and Cantina could designate which school's hometown food shelves would get a $1 donation. Last year, the total number of Jello Shots sold was just over 32,000. This year, Jello Shots for LSU alone were over 68 thousand uh the total jello shots for all teams is over ninety-five thousand. a dollar from each going to food shelves in the uh, team hometown so that's pretty cool too and certainly worth uh, mentioning <laughs> the jello shot challenge had a uh, follow-up to a story remember yesterday we mentioned the uh, story about the guy who was flying from i think it was oklahoma city to charlotte on an American Airlines flight that was delayed like 18 hours, huge number of flight delays because of weather issues and technology issues and so on. In this case, there were some mechanical issues with the plane that also uh, caused delays. In the end, everybody that was scheduled on the flight either rebooked on other flights or just gave up and went home, except for one guy. So when the plane finally took off, in the middle of the night, there was only one guy on the plane. Follow up to that story, what I did not know, and I uh, heard actually this morning on the news, <laughs> they lost his luggage. <laughs> one guy on the plane. The baggage crew had one bag to load on the plane, and when he got there, <laughs> they couldn't find it. <laughs> they eventually did find uh, his his luggage, after about a 45-minute wait 
I mean, if you've waited 18 hours for the plane, 45 minutes for your luggage seems like not such a big deal. But it's just weird that there would be one passenger and they still managed to lose his luggage. Um, but you know, something like, like that happens, you got to laugh, right? That's, the, that's what they always say. You just got to laugh. That age-old saying of laughter being the best medicine turns out is more accurate than you may think. A new comprehensive review of multiple studies on the effects of humor therapy on patients with depression and anxiety suggests that incorporating comedy and laughter into mental health treatment could be a powerful tool in mental health care. The extensive study was conducted on a wide range of humor-based integrative therapies. The results demonstrated that such therapy can significantly enhance treatment for mild cases of anxiety and depression, confirming the long-held belief that laughter is the best form of medicine, or a form of medicine. The review uncovered that humor can influence perception, attitude, judgment, and mood significantly. And this impact could, directly and indirectly, improve a person's physical and mental well-being. Now, there is one caveat, the researchers say, Although most studies have shown humor therapy to have positive effects, some suggest that therapy periods might have been too short to fully reflect the benefits, indicating the need for more extensive research in the area. So there's always got to be one party pooper. But <laughs> but laughter apparently is the best medicine. And this may be the most bizarre news story you hear today. Talk about the first things you need to know. I don't know if you need to know this, but it is maybe the most bizarre thing you will hear. When this crossed the newswire and I saw it, I was like, what is? what are you talking about? Apparently, people in South Korea are all getting a little younger. No, they have not discovered the fountain of youth. But maybe they have, in a way. South Korea has officially adopted the international age counting system where age is based on an individual's birthdays. <laughs> they haven't done this previously, and you may be saying to yourself, well, how else would you count someone's age? That's, the, that's what I ask myself. How else would you count someone? Previously, most of South Korea used what they call the Korean age system, where a person is one year old as soon as they're born. Because I guess they figure it's your first year, and so you are one in your first year. Uh, and then everyone gains a year on New Year's Day, not on your birthday, on New Year's Day. Uh, so that means babies born on December 31st would be considered two years old the next day. Uh, the president of uh, South Korea advocated strongly for this change to the international age accounting system, saying the old system created unnecessary social and economic costs. And uh, so the switch to age-based counting took effect today. So as of today, everyone in South Korea is just a little bit younger. And that's, that's just bizarre. I I don't even know what to say to that. That is just crazy. So there you go. So I wish it were that easy to lop a year or two off your age. You know what I mean? If only it were that easy. There you go. Some of the most interesting and buzzworthy stories to get your Wednesday morning started.
WFIN News. I'm Matt Demchek. Your WTOL 11 weather. It'll be partly sunny today with a high around 80, partly cloudy tonight, a low around 60. The Seneca County Sheriff's Office says a man who abducted a baby from the North Baltimore area crashed into a house in Tiffin. Officers broke out a back window and retrieved the seven-month-old baby who was bleeding and had shallow breathing, and the baby was rushed to a hospital. The man was extricated from the wreckage and taken into custody and also transported to the hospital. The Tiffin Police Department later said that the baby passed away from its injuries. Chief Pauley said his heart breaks for the family of the innocent child, and he and the Tiffin Police Department send their condolences to the family. By law, Ohio's new two-year budget must be in place by July 1st, which is Saturday, but lawmakers may need more time. Governor Mike DeWine sent out a press release saying, quote, the legislative parties need to return to the bargaining table and keep working. Republicans realize they don't have the votes to pass a budget. Democrats don't like what they see in the budget. And some believe the two-year budget isn't lean enough because they want to return more money to taxpayers. I asked the governor about getting a budget passed on time. Oh... Years ago, I stopped predicting this. Reporting at the State House, Kevin Landers. The public's invited to the groundbreaking this afternoon for the new Hancock County Judicial Center building in downtown Findlay. The new building will be located at 209 West Main Cross on what is currently a parking lot between Quarry Street and the post office. The new building will be home to probate and juvenile court, which are currently located in a building just east of that location. That groundbreaking ceremony is scheduled for 4.30 this afternoon. The new Judicial Center is anticipated to be finished in the fall of 2024. Lordstown Motors in Northeast Ohio, maker of the Endurance electric pickup truck, has filed for Chapter 11 bankruptcy. By February of this year, Lordstown had produced and sold only 31 trucks, with most of them recalled due to performance issues. Dave James, I went in news. The Finley Civic Concert Band Salute to America concert is tonight at 7 o'clock at the Riverside Park Band Shell. If you can't make it to the concert, you can hear it on WFIN at 11 o'clock Sunday morning. The Finley Civic Concert Band is Finley's community concert band, and all members are from Finley. Remember, you can always get more news online anytime at WFIN.com. Well, you know, as parents, we seem to have kind of a love-hate relationship when it comes to our children and the technology that they are inundated with. On the one hand, we certainly love all of the opportunities that technology offers to better the lives of our kids, but there are plenty of things to be worried about from online bullying and uh, digital stalking to the unknowns of AI and everything in between. Sarah DeWitt is the Senior Vice President and General Manager of PBS Kids with us this morning to talk about using all of these tools to foster positive digital media experiences and healthy media habits in our children. And Sarah, obviously, we know that media and tech can play a significant role in children's learning, but we're still worried. Is it mostly a fear of the unknown more than anything else? I think so. And I think also that, um, you know, we certainly, people in my generation know that you can learn from shows like Sesame Street or Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood. But when we think about screen time, we tend to lump it all together and we put the bad in with the good. And I think it's, it's important for us to remember that we just got to take a beat and think about, okay, what's what's a positive thing in media? What are some good things that we know are out there and start helping our kids make some, um, some good choices about what they engage with so that they stay more in that positive lane. Now, certainly one of the most prominent 
topics uh, surrounding this conversation of late has been concerns over children's mental health. What should the conversations for parents and caregivers surrounding this topic look like? Well, when you think about um, media uh, and mental health, I mean, certainly what we what we are seeing in all the research is that we need to make sure that kids are taking breaks that they are having you know some time that is that they can schedule some time for media but also make sure that's just one of many activities so this is this is one thing particularly you know as you think about young kids and setting up good media habits you want to think about media as just being one of the things they do during the day in addition to getting some exercise or reading books or interacting with with friends in real life so, you know, making this just one thing is important. Um, but then also thinking about the ways that media can prompt conversations about mental health, or if you're a parent and can kind of choose some of the things your kids look at, looking for media that can model some really positive mental health traits. So for us, for younger kids, that would be like Daniel Tiger's Neighborhood. It's a show where Daniel models what to do when you start to get upset, How? what are ways to calm down, taking a deep breath and counting to four, um, talking to someone when you're nervous. Uh, so really kind of something that reinforces that. And then as kids get older, um, the show Arthur is one where that team has worked really hard to integrate stories about anxiety, nervousness about tests or nervousness about um, natural events. Uh, and how you then can talk to friends about it, how you can reach out to a trusted grown-up, modeling really good ways of of managing those emotions and ways to kind of work through them. I, I think it's so important uh, what you're talking about here is using, uh, leveraging the technology that actually so worries us to address the things that worry us rather than uh, looking at it as, as beating our head against a wall, uh, actually incorporating that technology uh, in a positive way. Right. And I think um, one thing that I, I think parents don't always realize is that even if you are not watching alongside your kid or playing alongside your, with your kid, you can engage in conversations about what your kids watched in a really positive way. And uh, we know from research that if a parent talks to a child about what they watched, uh, the child is more likely to come away with greater learning gains from what they watched. So, you know, if they're watching an episode of Arthur that is dealing with some of these tougher topics, like, you know, arguments with friends at school or things that, you know, that they're getting nervous about, um, if a parent then engages the, the kid in conversation about that, you not only are helping reinforce the lessons from the show, but you're setting up a really good habit of parents and kids talking about media together. And as kids then can open up about things that they saw, things that they um, that they liked or didn't like, that's good critical thinking skills. It also gives parents a window into what their kids are engaging with and can help parents then say, you know, if, if they if the kids stumbled on a content that, you know, made them nervous, mm-hmm. that the parents can then say, you know, that maybe isn't something you want to watch again and kind of can help the parents have a better handle on what's happening. Well, and the other part of this, it strikes me that, and this may be something that parents wouldn't think about. And, you know, as we're talking about this, they thinking, well, this seems very basic and, and very simple. But if the kids are comfortable talking to you about what they have seen in the sort of mundane, uh, sense even, then they are much more likely to be 
confident or, or comfortable uh, in coming to you when they see something that bothers them or worries them or something. You open up that line of dialogue, all of the dialogue flows uh, through that pipeline. Oh, absolutely. And if you think about it, if you open up that dialogue early, if you say to, you know, even if you just overhear part of a show and you say to a kid, whoa, what would you have done if your friend had lied to you? Um, and then the kid can talk it through. Chances are that is going to happen in real life for them. And not only have they seen this before and talked to someone about it, they know that they can come home and talk to you about it. Uh, And so that's setting up a great habit. Yeah. You know, it's funny. When we were kids, uh, the biggest fear of electronic media was that it would lead to a sedentary lifestyle. Uh, And and that fear Mm -hmm. certainly has not gone away as well. We don't want to forget that aspect. But again, and and. I'm thinking here we are sort of falling into that trap as as we lead off with all of these potentially negative implications of technology and digital media and whether that's really fair. Again, part of this is kind of changing our mindset and turning it around to find the uh, the ways that media and technology can model those positive habits and positive character traits. Yes. And even when it comes to being too sedentary, I think about how media can also get kids interested in exploring something in the real world. I mean, that's a challenge we put in front of our producers all the time is how can you get a kid so excited about their topic that they want to actually turn off the screens and go learn more. (laughs) I see this happen all the time with um, the show Wildcraft that's about animals. Um, kids get so interested in those animal facts that we hear all the time that they're begging their parents to go to a zoo to see some of these animals or they want to go look at the animals in their neighborhood. And I think that's that's what we're going for here. Something that's going to get kids excited about learning something so much that they want to go find it in the real world. And uh, just to underscore and emphasize a point that you were making a little bit earlier, because I think it's so important, talking about setting up those uh, clear and positive media habits early, modeling, you know, uh, giving your kids something to model uh, in, in your own habits and, and, doing this mm-hmm. er- and doing this early. Yes. Yeah. You know, if you set up these habits when kids are very young, when they're first starting to um, to use screens and to watch tablets and play games, those those habits will continue if you can keep reinforcing them as a family. Like, what are the right times for us to do media? And we always are going to talk about it together. Those are two habits that are really, really great uh, to keep going, and those can really stretch as kids grow up. Again, Sarah DeWitt is the Senior Vice President and General Manager of PBS Kids, talking about uh, fostering a healthy relationship between kids and digital media and technology and you have a lot of resources for parents that have information about your content at your website right yes so pbskids.org is a great place to uh, find all of these shows and all this information Um, and you can download the free pbs kids video app and free pbs kids games app or also following pbs kids on social media on facebook and instagram Um, we post a lot of articles and ideas for how to integrate media into the summertime learning schedule so that's a great place to stay up to speed integrating it in a healthy way sarah thanks very much for taking the time we appreciate it oh thanks so much chris Well, June is National Safety Month, and with the summer season upon us, it is a good time to talk about all things summer safety. Lorraine uh, Martin is 
president, CEO of the National Safety Council. And Lorraine, the, the perception is that more accidents of all types happen this time of year. Is that really the case? Are the summer months the most dangerous of the year? Well, Chris, for some of the things we do every day, yes, they are. Um, it's important for us to know about those risks every day um, because these preventable injuries, um, as we call them, are one of the leading causes, in fact, the fourth leading cause of death in the U.S. So during the summer months, as those tend to spike in a few areas, it's really important for us to understand them and to know what to do about them. Is that simply because we're more active, we're outdoors more, uh, we're just not thinking about it? I mean, why is it that you see this big spike in some of these preventable accidents this time of year? Yeah, well, one of them happens to be just because of what happens in the summer here in the U.S., and that is it's summer and it's hot. And in the summer, heat-related illnesses yeah. are a really big factor for us to look at. Not only if you're just out with family and friends and enjoying a, you know, a summer day, but for folks who work outside in the heat, um, it's a very high-risk environment. And heat-related illnesses kill, kill literally hundreds and hurt hundreds of folks uh, in our country every year. Yeah. Um, so it's a really important thing for us to understand the signs and then how, what do we do about it. What are some of the other uh, hazards that we should be looking out for uh, at this time as well? Yeah, and one of them is also one that we have to look at every year, and that is being on our roadways. Being on our roadways is one of the most risky things, if not the, that we do every day, no matter what day of the year it is. Um, to give you um, some, some context for that, in 2022, we lost 46,000 folks on our roadways. Mm. And the summer months between May and August – there's always a spike. Um, traditionally, you know, the average of fatalities on our roadways in those summer months is around 3,700. And those holiday weekends, like the 4th of July here that's right upon us, um, will often see an, even an increased spike. And this year, we would predict that we would uh, like, likely see 619 folks that might die over that, that 4th of July period. And those are all preventable injuries if we just do what we need to do to drive safely and be safely on our roads. So uh, prevention is the key, obviously. How can some of those issues, I mean, again, you talk about the, the top two uh, sort of categories here, uh, heat-related illness, uh, traffic crashes, and so on. What are some of the top prevention uh, tips that you have? Prevention is the right word, Chris, and, and we can do something about it. With heat, it's making sure that you uh, know the signs of heat illness and that you're helping someone or yourself take a break, uh, get hydrated, get out of the heat, get into some shade. Um, and it's really important to watch out after each other because sometimes if you're having heat illness sneak up on you, and it does, you don't know it. And so having a buddy of some sort, whether it's a person at work or uh, somebody watching after an elderly um, a loved one, it's really important to have um, your eyes on and making sure that you're watching for those signs. Uh, when you're talking about traffic and making sure we're being safe on our roads, it's the fundamentals. It's slow down, don't speed, it's wear your seatbelt, drive unimpaired, and make sure you're not distracted. Those things alone can significantly help us reduce the risks of both crashes for folks in cars and for those vulnerable users, those folks that aren't in a car, like a pedestrian or a bicyclist. Those also spike in the summer. We're out and about enjoying the great weather, and that means we're using our roadways in a more uh, complex and diverse way and putting those folks at risk as well if we're not driving safely. 
Now, again, we can't emphasize it enough. Prevention is the key, but knowing what to do if we are confronted with some of these types of uh, situations where uh, accidents do occur, whether it's despite our best efforts or or maybe because we might be a witness to an accident that happens because someone else wasn't being as mindful as they should have been. So uh, being aware and, and informing ourselves uh, on the proper ways to react when an accident occurs is equally important. It sure is, Chris, and thank you for bringing that up. You know, we know that doing things like getting trained in first aid or CPR are the things that can help us when those emergencies do occur and give you skills to be able to respond in those moments. There's another thing I'd like to add to that list of being ready for an emergency, and that is to be able to respond when someone is having an unintended overdose. And uh, we have uh, uh, almost double the number of overdoses of people dying from unattended, um, you know, drug-related issues than we do on our roadways. It's, it's doubly more risky, and yeah. they're both extremely risky. So what do you can do about that? Just like with CPR, you can get trained on the ability to uh, administer what's called a opioid uh, overdose re- reversal drug, which is now over-the-counter. Um, you might have heard the term naloxone. Mm-hmm. Um, and be able to make sure you know how to administer it. And the training is very simple. I've gone through it. Um, well, you can have it as part of your first aid training at work. And then as you know you've been trained at work, you can bring that home to your community. And making sure naloxone is actually available in your first aid kits and your schools and your community uh, settings, such that it's available there when someone is in that emergency situation. The amazing thing about this drug is it literally stops someone from dying and that is what a safety you know uh, community is all about and that's yeah. what we would call a safety hero is all about and there's a perfect example of something you know uh, you i can hear people say well this this really doesn't uh, impact me i don't do drugs and nobody i know does right but again we are going to be out in in gatherings of people uh maybe for the fourth of july at the fairgrounds or what have you and you know the people next to us uh, may have uh, something happen that we can respond to if we know what to do. So, uh, again, thinking big picture here, and we haven't even talked about uh, things like firework safety and water safety and all of, all of these yep. other things as well. So, talk about some of the ways that people can be, you call it, uh, being a safety hero this summer. Yeah, thank you. And a safety hero is something at the National Safety Council, we would say, is a person who who lives by example, who who knows what being safe is in the situation, whether it's fireworks or driving, whatever it might be. We know what right is, and we know what keeping ourselves and others safe looks like. And it's someone who practices that and helps others do the same. But it's also someone who shares their story, uh, storytelling about um, how you helped in a situation or prevented something from happening, or and when something does happen, how you've been there to help with the emergency situation that you just referred to. And that storytelling is very powerful because safety is very personal. It is something that's happened to you or a loved one that can alter their life or perhaps take their life. And so we have something that we call safety is personal. And we actually have a hashtag safety is personal that you can use to, to post your story. That's being a safety hero as well, sharing your story. Um, and you can also go to safetyispersonal.org. All the tools and, and, and um, tips that I've shared here today and and so much more can be found at nsc.org. And a safety hero is somebody who goes and gets educated and finds out what safe looks like and brings that home, not only to their workplace, but to their families and their communities. 
Again, June is National Safety Month, so let's all do ourselves a favor. We'll uh, go and check all of that stuff out. A lot more information than what we can get to in our time here, but we'll put the link up on our webpage so that folks can uh, get that and and just go through it and study it before we get to the uh, 4th of July. It's great stuff to know uh, as we go through the summer months. Again, Lorraine Martin is uh, President and CEO of the National Safety Council. Lorraine, thanks very much for taking the time. We appreciate it. Thank you, Chris. Independence Day right around the corner now, and if you are hosting a 4th of July get-together, planning for the festivities, we have some fresh and fun ideas for entertaining on our nation's birthday from lifestyle expert Bethany Braun Silva. Bethany, what are some of the uh, traditions that you and your family have when it comes to it? seems like every uh, you know family has their own special way of celebrating. What do you guys do? Well, we just love to go to the beach, honestly. It's usually our first beach trip of the year. There you and go. And then we, yep, we top it off or end it off, I should say, by coming home and grilling and enjoying time outdoors with friends and family. Well, now that seems to be just about universal. So let's talk about, uh, you know, entertaining, whether it's just the family or maybe it's a, a gathering of uh, friends uh, we don't have a whole lot of beaches around here, but maybe around the pool. Uh, do you have uh, some options that will uh, delight our guests for Fourth of July or whenever we're entertaining this summer? I do. I have two options that I'm going to have in my summer entertaining rotation. And the first is from Mighty Sesame Tahini. Mighty Sesame is the hugely popular maker of all natural, high quality squeeze and serve organic tahini made with one ingredient, the highest quality sesame seeds that are sustainably sourced. The delicious creamy texture makes it a better for you complement to dressings like on a summer salad or for recipes, dips, meats, and veggies. And of course, your favorite wraps and sandwiches. You can drizzle directly from the bottle or add it to any recipe for 8 grams of plant-based protein per serving. I also love a cold-pressed juice option from Wonder Melon. Wonder Melon has the sweetness and nutritional value of watermelons, is organic, all-natural, and has no added sugars. And it can be enjoyed right from the bottle cold, or you can enjoy it as a delicious drink mix. And Wonder Melon is available in three mouth-watering flavors, including watermelon cucumber basil, watermelon lemon cayenne, and, of course, classic watermelon. I, watermelon is like the... I, I mean, it just defines summer. It's not summer until you you've had watermelon or watermelon something. So um, this is uh, the time of year when we obviously spend an awful lot of uh, time outdoors and it is mosquito season. So you have uh, something that can help with that. Yes, you're absolutely right. The 4th of July is a holiday to be spent outdoors. So whether you're camping or hosting a barbecue or headed to the beach, you don't want your fun to be ruined by those pesky mosquitoes. So as you're thinking about what to buy for your vacation or party, Add off clean feel to your list for protection from mosquitoes, ticks, and biting flies. Off clean feel is a fragrance-free, non-sticky repellent, and since it's formulated with picaridin, it feels good on your skin and won't damage clothing. And it repels mosquitoes for up to eight hours, so you can use off clean feel with confidence and enjoy the holiday outdoors uninterrupted. And you might not know this, but prevention is the best protection from mosquitoes, and bug spray is most effective when applied before mosquitoes start to bite, so you should apply it before getting to your 4th of July festivities. Very important point. So let's not forget that with the sunscreen and everything else. Again, same way. Uh, Get that on before you head out. And lastly, again, talking about outdoors and uh, staying safe and enjoying it as much as possible. 
uh, air quality issues. That's been in the news a bit uh, over the uh, past uh, several weeks. Um, you actually have something to help protect ourselves against contaminated air. I do. I mean, you definitely want to stay prepared in those situations. And for me, I turn to Nasal Guard Airborne Particle Blocker. It's the first and only topical gel that prevents airborne particles from entering the nose. Mm. You apply a small amount of gel around your nasal passages, and it acts as a barrier. It blocks virus-sized particles, pollen, pollution, pet dander, and dust. Available in unscented and cool menthol, Nasal Guard has products specific for air travelers, pet lovers, allergy sufferers, as well as a mask spray, nasal spray, and an antiseptic topical gel. What I love is the product is safe, drug-free, and non-irritating for the whole family. So that means children and the elderly and even pregnant or nursing women can use it. Again, uh, whether we're talking about general air quality, um, you know, fire you know campfires or whatever that bothers some people or uh, allergens you know whatever it might happen to be uh that is great stuff there so again uh lifestyle expert bethany braun silva with us this morning some uh, great stuff uh for the fourth of july and for summertime in general where do we get more information bethany well, you can head over to my website at bethanybronsilva.com. And we will link that up on our webpage as well. Bethany, thanks very much for uh, taking the time. Happy 4th of July. Thank you. Same to you. You're listening to Good Mornings with Chris Oaks on 1330 WFIN, WFIN.com and 95.5 FM. We interrupt this program to bring you a broken news alert. In, uh, in New York, a uh, private research facility, the Rensselaer Polytechnic Institute, has filed a lawsuit against Daigle Cleaning Systems, the uh, contract for janitorial services at their lab. Apparently, in September of 2020, a janitor cleaning the uh, research facility uh, kept hearing an annoying beeping sound it was like a beep or a buzz it was just it was getting really annoying and he couldn't figure out where it was coming from so he decided to just turn off the circuit breaker and shut it down one once and for all the problem is in so doing he turned off a freezer where 20 years of research was completely ruined He heard the alarms and said, this is like a, something you'd see on a sitcom. He turned off the power to silence the alarm and ended up shutting off the freezer. The next day, students came in and found the freezer full of cell cultures and samples that had been compromised and uh, completely destroyed. The uh, private university does not believe the janitor is individually at fault. They blame the contractor for failing to uh, train him properly and supervise his work. They are seeking $1 million in damages. 20 years of research down the drain. (laughs) When the freezer, the uh, cell cultures and all of the uh, samples thawed. (laughs) Man, if you were the janitor, how would you feel (laughs) about... When you learned, uh, oops, I just wanted the beeping to stop. Elsewhere in the broken news, David Crawford, Laurel, Maryland, is going to be spending a long, long time in prison after he was convicted of setting a number of fires 
targeting people he viewed as his personal enemies. Uh, Mr. Crawford was found guilty this week of a dozen charges, including eight counts of uh, arson and even attempted murder. Prosecutors say the motive was revenge against people he believed had slighted him and his wife. The judge sentenced him to two consecutive life terms plus 75 years. He says he plans to appeal. Chances are good, though, Mr. Crawford is not getting his job back as police chief for the city of Laurel. Police chief, former police chief. Would think he would know better. Uh, In Pasadena, Texas, here is a little... Uh, advice for you. If you ever visit Pasadena, Texas, and you go through the drive-thru at a fast food restaurant, you better be darn sure about your order because they take it seriously if you try to cancel. An employee at a Taco Bell there in Pasadena, Texas, uh, reportedly pulled a gun on a drive through customer who canceled his order. Police say the customer called 911 on Saturday evening at a local Taco Bell uh, because the employee pulled a gun when he tried to cancel his order. Officers arrested 18-year-old Brian Carranza on a charge of aggravated assault with a deadly weapon and unlawful possession of a weapon. Police say Mr. Carranza smelled of alcohol when they picked him up. Now, that's serious stuff. You want to make sure that you got your order right and you really, really want your order because they take it seriously if you try to cancel. (laughs) Word of caution there. Next time you're in Texas, they take that kind of thing seriously. Uh, From the international file of the uh, broken news, this is kind of weird. A 42-year-old man in Jordan walked into his doctor's office complaining of excruciating abdominal pain. So the doctor conducted some tests, and believe it or not, the test came back and they discovered that he was pregnant. Yeah, that's right. You heard correctly. The man tested positive for pregnancy. Uh, Now, everyone knows guys can't get pregnant. So this left the doctor kind of flummoxed. Um, The doctor said our clinic was dumbfounded when... This man with severe stomach pain turned out to be positive on a pregnancy test. Uh, We were just as baffled as anyone, uh, but not one to settle for an inexplicable result. Dr. Farsik, uh, Dr. Abu, uh, Hassam Abu Farsik, dove a little deeper into the mystery and ordered additional tests. It turns out that the man's body was secreting a hormone that shows up on a pregnancy test, not because he was actually carrying a baby, of course. It was because a tumor had set up camp in his liver, uh, releasing hormones that mimicked what you would see in a uh, pregnancy test. So he had a uh, tumor. The uh, rare and bewildering condition uh, is now being treated, and the man is expected to recover. How crazy is that? I mean, that's a wild story to tell people at parties, right? I was, my life was saved when I got a positive pregnancy test. Not something everyone can say. And finally, in the uh, broken news this morning, definitely odd and unusual. Uh, Back uh, closer to home, a man in Eubank, Kentucky, 
who passed away recently, received an obituary like no other, written by his son. It was a witty yet heartfelt tribute that shed a light on the man's legendary beer-drinking and insatiable love for fried food to his charm with the ladies and unwavering devotion to classic cars. Jamie, a divorcee, father, grandfather, and proud owner of a few lots in the trailer park, had had enough and up and died on us June 13th in order to avoid another presidential stolen election mishap in the near future. <laughs> Reads the obituary. Uh, it goes on, we don't know if he was married, but he was definitely a ladies' man. There was Kathy, Mary Lou, Tammy, Deborah, Carrie, Tina, etc., etc., etc. It's the bones, he told us proudly, pointing to his skinny, pasty white legs. Women love a good shin, he used to say. <laughs> the obituary was a roller coaster ride of memories, and to cap it all off, uh, Jamie's son playfully noted that his dad would only be moderately missed. Uh, definitely one way to make an exit that won't soon be forgotten. There you go. That is today's broken news report. An update on the odd and unusual side of the headlines. We now return you to your regularly scheduled programming. When you're behind the wheel, it's okay to rock out to your music. But it's not okay to interact with your phone screen and electronic devices while driving. In most cases, anything more than a single touch or swipe is against the law. That means no texting, no typing, no scrolling, no shopping, no browsing. If an officer sees a violation, they can pull you over. So remember, Ohio, phones down. It's the law. Time now for your daily download, the numbers behind the news and the statistics that shape our lives. When you go out to eat at a restaurant, and I'm talking, I I would say, I would think a sit-down restaurant, but getting to be fast food restaurant uh, these days too, because their menus are very complicated anymore. It's not as easy as just going up and ordering a burger, you know, at a fast food restaurant. Uh, menus get very expansive and very uh, complicated. Do you have menu anxiety? A new survey of 2,000 Americans finds that nearly one-third of us actually do have menu anxiety when ordering at a restaurant. 30% say that they uh, that this is a thing for them. Uh, breaking it down by age, 41% of millennials and Gen Zers uh, have this kind of anxiety compared to just 15% of Gen Xers and baby boomers. Younger generations also more likely to wait for others to order to see what they're getting before before they place the order. Have you ever done that, been at a restaurant where everybody, the waitress comes up and says, okay, I can take your order now, and everybody just kind of looks at everybody else because nobody wants to be first. That is a form of menu anxiety. We don't want to be first. We want to find out what everybody else is ordering before we 17% admit that they have that, that they do that. They wait until somebody else orders. But I think that's much higher than that personally. Some of the important factors, according to the survey, that go into deciding what to eat when they ask these people, you know, what are the things that you take into consideration? Obviously, taste. You know, we want to order something we're going to enjoy eating. So our personal taste. Prep time is another. We don't want to order something that's going to take too long. Uh, meal messiness, which is kind of interesting. 
We don't want anything that's going to be too messy, uh, especially if we're out on like a business lunch or a date or something like that. We don't get them to get too messy. And this was kind of interesting, especially among the young people. Um, environmental impact of the foods that we order. 77% of younger generations would like restaurants to be clear about how different foods impact the environment. So make of that what you will. But I thought it was really interesting. Fully one-third of Americans have menu anxiety when we go out to eat. It is a thing. Time to get an update on what's happening in the month of July. Coming up, the Finley-Hancock County Public Library. Director Sarah Clevidence is with us once again this morning. First and foremost, uh, Summer Read continues. And uh, it's not too late to uh, sign up. I mean, you can still uh, do that. I mean, we talk about it at the beginning of the summer and then tend to forget about it. But if you are late to the party, no problem. No problem. We're not even halfway through. So you can easily sign up uh, through the Read Squared app. Uh, which you can find all the information on our website, finleylibrary.org. Very easy to record. You can record by hours, by uh, books, by audiobooks, picture books. Um, mm-hmm. it, it, there's lots of fun challenges uh, in the app as well. So it's really a good time for the whole family. And uh, lots of prizes uh, lots that of are prizes. still available. Absolutely. So, yeah, you're not uh, uh, not behind or anything. No, the there's plenty of time to, to meet the Summer Read Challenge. For those who uh, don't know, maybe their kids have not participated in this before, uh, it's actually a pretty simple uh, thing. It's really very easy. It's uh, Like I said, you just use the app, the Read Squared app. Mm-hmm. Um, you can come into the library, and one of our volunteers will be happy to help you get started if okay. you like. Yeah. Uh, or you can go to our website, download that, register your family, and all you have to do when you finish reading a book is hit log, or if you want to you know, you've read 20 minutes and you want to count by minutes instead. Mm-hmm. You you just hit to log in, record what you've read, and, yeah. and that's it. And it's not like there's a reading list or oh, anything gosh, like that. No. So, I mean, you know, it's, again, one of the nice things about this is you can read whatever you want to read. Summer is the best time to read what yeah. you want to read. During the school year, kids have a lot of assignments that they mm-hmm. have to read for. Right. Uh, you know, I think summer is the time to read absolutely anything you want. That being said, uh, as always, if you are looking for something to read and don't know what is out there, you can make suggestions, too. So. Absolutely. That's one of our favorite things to do. I actually had a patron stop in my office yesterday, and I almost never get to do any reader reader's advisory anymore. But <laughs> patron stopped in and mentioned that, you know, he'd, he'd read everything by all of his favorite authors. So I was showing him our, our novelist database, which will recommend other books and authors based on things you like. So we really love those questions. Please come ask us. Yeah. A uh, lot of other things going on in the uh, month of July to uh, keep folks busy. Uh, what are some of the things that you've got on the uh, calendar here? Yeah, we'll take a little bit of a break uh, with our programming next week with the fourth happening. But sure. we have uh, story times, uh, baby times. Our Lego club has been super popular this summer. Tell us more about this, the uh, Lego Club. Yeah, so uh, it's very collaborative. The kids that come uh, have challenges at uh, tables spread throughout our Linda Mood room and okay. big boxes of Legos. And so they have to meet the challenge and, and uh, build what the prompt is at the table. What okay. I've really loved when I've popped in is you see kids who, who probably never met before they came to Lego Club and they're <laughs> sitting there and they're working together trying to figure out how to build something. So yeah. July 10th, they'll be uh, building a road trip. Uh, okay. So I'm going to 
guess that there's going to be different prompts of things you might see on a road trip along okay. there. Okay. All right. Uh, July 24th, they're building a mini golf course out of Legos. Oh, that'll so, be fun. So that'll be awesome. I I think those will both be really fun programs. <laughs> I I'm just going to throw this out there. Have you ever considered an adult Lego club? Because <laughs> I mean, this is not just kids. Everybody loves Legos. Everybody so does love. I'm Legos. just going to throw that throw that out there. You know, make of it what you will. But I'll just I will pass that on that to the your, appropriate put people. Put that in your ear. <laughs> Uh, you've got some other things uh, going on uh, through the month of uh, July as well. We do. Near the end of July, we're doing an escape room. Uh, so join the Cat Burglars cruise. Um, a diamond has gone missing from the museum, and the museum guard is the thief. But he's planning to frame you, so you and your crew have to solve the mystery before the museum opens. <laughs> and that's for what ages? That one's that for through? grades four through eight, but the okay. whole family's welcome to sign up as well. Yeah, I because again, I, I'm thinking that would be a really good family uh, type of. It would be a really so, great family yeah. program. Uh, what else have we got going on here? Uh, well, you know, we have fun for adults too in the summer, so uh, we like to partner with OSU Extension for cooking programs. Uh, Jennifer Little will be in teaching about uh, how to cook with corn, which July is prime corn time around here. Absolutely. We have uh, the Hancock Public Health Mobile Health Clinic is coming uh, also in July, so you can do a free health screening there. They'll be parking that right out in front of the library. Mm -hmm. Uh, And a new writer support group, July 13th. Okay. So if you are an aspiring writer, uh, this would be your time to come meet fellow writers. You can bring a work in progress that you have or just work on the prompt that we'll offer. Very good. Speaking of uh, working with other entities, uh, you also have a uh, family nature hike. Uh, we do, planned. yes, with the Hancock Park District. We love working with our friends at the Park District. Uh, so we'll do that family nature hike at Oak Woods. Uh, and then we also have insect story time with the Hancock Park District. So okay. I think yep. they'll be bringing some creepy crawlies. Okay. And we're doing one of our story times at the park this month also. All right. So, All right. so uh, check that out on the calendar. And by the way, speaking of the parks, just to interject, uh, the uh, story walk uh, yes. at uh, Riverside is uh, just a great way of you know spending an afternoon. If you've got a, an hour or two to kill with the littles, you know, take them out to the park. And- it's a great opportunity, and it's not just at Riverside. We also have a story walk at the Benton Ridge Park. That's right. We have one at the Finley City School Preschool Building around their playground. Okay. And in summer, we offer pop-up story walks. So each week of the summer, there's a new story walk popping up somewhere in our Hancock County community. And uh, information on that on the website as also, well? Okay, yes. So uh, make sure you check that out. And uh, also, uh, in partnership with the Marathon Center for the Performing Arts, a tween improv night i think that's going to be a lot of fun for the kids uh julie lane with mcpa is going to come over and and uh teach the kids all about improv (laughs) Improv. (laughs) okay uh that's uh that should be fun and and that's uh uh what what is the uh, date on that that one is i don't mean to put you on the spot there our calendars are so loaded with things sometimes it's hard to find them (laughs) that one's actually next week on july 6th Okay. Uh, it's for grades two through six at 6 p.m. And we do require registration for that okay. one. So uh, make sure that uh, you check that out and, and get signed up. And uh, all of these things are uh, great for um, those times during the summer when the kids are, you know, get the I'm boards, mm, you know, because absolutely. it's going to happen uh, at one point or another. They've done everything they wanted to do with the summer yes. and they're going to be 
hitting you with the I'm bored. Here are lots of things for you to uh, to do and, and get involved in. I uh, also want to mention uh, the uh, virtual author uh, talks that have been going on for several months over the past year or so. We've just finished up our first year. And uh, those will continue. Those will. Uh, we, we've decided with our partners at MCPA to continue those for another year. So those have been really popular. Uh, they would do about three a month through the Library Speaker Consortium. Um, they they do all the work selecting the authors, putting together the schedule, uh, and we're able to just offer this content to our community. What's really great is you can watch it live, or you can go back and watch the recording, which I really think is what most of our patrons are doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, whenever it's uh, convenient, on demand. It's on like everything is on, on demand. demand. Virtual author talks. Uh, more information about all of this stuff that is uh, going on is at your webpage, yes. right? FinleyLibrary.org. So uh, check that out online. We do have a link on our webpage at goodmornings.net. And again, Sarah Clevidence with the Finlay Hancock County Public Library. A lot of things going on in the month of July. Sarah, thanks very much for dropping by. Thank you. And that'll do it for today's podcast. You want to get more information on any or all of the subjects we've talked about on the program today, you can check out our webpage. We encourage you to do that. Head on over to goodmornings.net our little corner of the world wide web coming up tomorrow on the program 4th of July right around the corner and of course it's all about the fireworks we have everything you need to know ahead of the Independence Day celebration so until tomorrow morning that is good mornings for this morning now that you've had a good morning go on out make it a good day we'll catch you back here tomorrow